we uh, jump into ugh, this fucking movie? This fucking movie. All right, let's this do it. Fucking movie. This is how you're starting the episode. This fucking movie. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Cinemaner Presents Made in the 90s. My name is Kyle Woods. I'm here with Dylan Shore to talk about this fucking movie. Dylan, what is this fucking movie? Ugh, this fucking movie, man. It's um, 1997's Batman and Robin, and he said with shame. Yeah, this is a this movie is really hard to get through as an adult. I it's so. Before we jump into it, you watch anything? Yeah, log through the rest of Batman and Robin. I got a couple of things I'll talk about. Um. (laughs) Uh, i've watched babe pig in the city for the first time ever you're a fan of this i love both of them i i really love it too but it's so bizarre man George, george miller is yeah he's a bizarre man he's a bizarre man i was not prepared for that movie to be so dark i won't spend a lot of time on it it just is like brutally dark (laughs) oh man in ways it makes me question like who is this movie for you know i i don't totally made for kids it's kind of an eye-opening movie for kids i think dude it would be a traumatizing movie for most children i think it's so dark like especially when they get to the dog stuff oh my god i'm not even Uh, what a Fun fact about Babe 2. Uh, dogs Tom Waits during the filming? What? No. Tom Waits has said that that is one of his favorite movies of all time and that he has watched it a lot, especially with his grandkids. Hi. <laughs> I might be paraphrasing, like he watched it a lot, but he did say he loves that movie. <laughs> I mean, that tracks. It is like a nightmare circus. It, it's everything. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like I said, I really, I, I can't say that I love it, but I do have an affinity for it in that it's like it's so bizarre that it's one of those things that i hold close to my heart it's just it's yeah (laughs) so not too much there but i've been watching body swap comedies okay very particular set of comedies would you watch change up parent trap (laughs) no i'm going niche man it's seemingly an endless supply i guess it's not super niche the first two are um I watched 17 again with uh, Zach Efron from, I don't know, what's that, about 10 years old now at this point? I think it's even older now, isn't it? Maybe, yeah. Or, like, late 2000s. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I saw pieces of that while working at the theater, but I never saw the whole movie. Right on. I like it a lot. I think as a body swap comedy, it's a lot of fun. Thomas Lennon is in there as, like, the sort of uh, spectral figure guiding <laughs> Zach Efron yeah. through it. I'm starting to pull memories from back in the day. And I think my good friend Matt was Efron's body double for a day in a scene with Thomas Lennon. I could be wrong on this, but dude, that just like came to me. And I remember him telling me that. Good for him. I mean, that sounds like your friend is a very handsome fella. 
Oh, he is. He's a modern day looking Brad Pitt. He has that fucking jowl line that is just so prominent. <laughs> um, it, I like it a lot. I think actually speaking of very handsome men, uh, Zac Efron is uh, not only very handsome, but really talented, man. I think he's a super good actor. And I, I don't know if I've defended him on this show before. But yeah, no, I, no, no. We've gotten into this. Right on. Yeah. And I, I was like, um, he, I haven't got to see him do anything that I've personally liked. I've seen him in dramatic things where I was like, he can be good. Like he's playing amongst big cast. And I think I pulled like Parkland where he played the, the doctor that tended to JFK. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about this. Yeah. Uh, cool. So you like 17 again? I like 17 again. So then I watched 18 again with uh, George Burns. It's an 80s flick, baby, and it's 80s all over in that it's so, you know, it's a body swap thing. George Burns is already 95 years old in this movie, and so it's kind of crazy the the jokes that are being made, not in the way that you'd expect them uh, in being horribly misogynistic and 80s. (laughs) There's plenty of that to go around, but more just like because George Burns is... 108 years old when this movie was made the jokes are already way out of date and because huh. it was made in the 80s they're like way out it's it's like it's not one that holds up for current day um but i think better than you would expect like i said because there's so much anachronism all over the place it's like getting whiplash in a time machine you don't know <laughs> like exactly where the jokes are coming from mm-hmm. yeah but it's you know i don't know it's fine uh and then the last one i'll bring up is uh, originally a tv movie but it's on amazon prime here in the uk right now called wish upon a star with katherine heigl yeah have you seen this movie yeah that's an old disney channel movie I yeah to, apparently yeah i watched it all the time as a kid I really like it, dude. Dude, I have not seen or thought about that movie in, I don't, that came out, what, 99? No, earlier than that. It's got to be like 96 or 97. Huh. It's really cool, though, because it is early Catherine Heigl. It's also early, uh, the sister is Dana. Yeah, who's the other girl in it? Um, Dana Headley, is that her name? That can't be right. Oh, man. Yeah, you're looking it up. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm looking it up. Danielle Harris is Danielle Danielle Harris. Sorry, is her name. And she's in Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, right? And Halloween Four. Yeah, the Halloween. Yeah, she's in a bunch of the Halloween. Yeah, movies. and she's even got a small part in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, interesting. She, yeah, she's one of the Manson girls. She's the pregnant one. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, this movie's like pretty good man even i i don't want to say like better than the disney channel because what's that but it's a little surprising that it was a tv movie because having been watching a bunch of body swap comedies and there's you know others that i've been through that aren't worth talking about the this one does some interesting things and that the the girls who switch places are fairly close in age and so it's much more about exploring sibling relationships than like forgotten youth or 
mistakes of the past or, you know, uh, how do I handle turning into an adult? It's very much like, what am I doing with my decisions right now in high school? And I, I also really like the decision making on the parents' behalf because, like, you know, we've talked about it in a bunch of different forms. It's one of our favorite tropes, but like the checked out parents, where it's yeah. like, how, how do they get away with this thing? <laughs> the parents in this movie are actively running, like, their, their plan is to write a book about how they're not parenting their daughters and letting them be disciplined <laughs> themselves. So anytime some shit comes up, they're just like, yeah, I know. We're going to write it down in our book. Thanks for meeting with us today, principal, whatever. <laughs> it's fucking great. Uh, anything yeah, I, else? I like Wish Upon. I'm a fan. Uh, are you going to watch um, the new body swap movie, Freaky, with Vince Vaughn? You know I am. Yes, I, this is all leading in a direction. Yeah, it... Uh, I'm really excited for it. It actually looks pretty funny. I'm a fan of the writer-director, although I didn't really care for Happy Death Day to You, the second one, but... Uh, I really liked it. I mean, it's fun, but it, it... I don't know. For how ridiculous it got, I thought it wasn't perfect. Like, I wanted more, I guess. I guess the time travel stuff was a little played out at that time. I me. really appreciate that they treat it for the trope that it is. Right, they're like, no, we're just totally, totally. I, 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 under, I get that. I just, I just wanted more from it. I think. Fair enough. It gave me exactly what I wanted from it. Just although I do need to see it again because I was fairly intoxicated while watching it, <laughs> and yeah, I think that that might have been the, the case there. It can enhance or detract. It, it's mm -hmm. a double-edged sword, my friend. Have you uh, ever anything? Yeah, I've watched uh, some stuff. Let's see. I watched a f new horror film called Relic. Oh, right and on. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to catch up with that yet. How was it? Um, it's really good. Like, it, it's not, like, the direct, like, pop out at you scares. There's a few of them. It's more of, like, the tension that's behind everything. Um, there's, like, great shadows uh, like scary shadows that fucked with me. Uh, <laughs> Emily Mortimer, I think, is on my top five favorite actresses of all time. Yeah, she real good. I just really watched, good. Yeah, I just watched War Horse recently. Oh, I dude, that's a good one. I like War Horse. It's a weird movie. I like it a lot. I would uh, have loved to seen it as a play and how they pulled it off as a play. That's, I mean, that's the whole story, right? Is the the puppetry supposed to have been really incredible? As yeah. the movie as it is, I think, is sort of like really excellent wallpaper with really incredible performances. Obviously, all these, um, you know, like yeah. the cast of Harry Potter or whatever. <laughs> no. The aesthetic of the film, I think, is what I do really like of it. I, I like what Spielberg showed me. I've only seen it once, so like the story like just seemed to flow naturally. I didn't really pick up on anything weird, but like the visualness of it, I did like. Yeah, as a pastiche, as like wallpaper, it's incredible. And the series of vignettes, I think it's even pretty good. And because it's Spielberg, it's, it is working really well moment to moment. It's just, it's crazy as hell that the horse is the main character. <laughs> <laughs> then... The I kind of checked out, you know, I'm uh, like I was just 
bemoaning babe pig in the city for the animal violence with the the barbed wire man i was just like all right that's a fuck that's enough war horse i don't you know <laughs> it just keeps going <sighs> yeah you really don't like animal violence about at this point because it, whatever i yeah so it felt a little exploitive and uh, i did not like that you don't like animal violence we know thumbs down even though no an- and no horses were hurt. <laughs> yeah. Who enough. knows, actually? I don't know if horses were hurt on that movie. My understanding is that, it, that like, that the barbed wire scene in particular is actual uh, puppetry and an incredible work of puppetry because, of course, you know, they didn't pin down a horse and cover it with barbed wire, thank God. Mm-hmm. But it is so effective, and kudos to Spielberg for his, like, ability to blend cgi and puppetry because it's man upsetting to me like so upsetting i didn't want to watch it because even up to that point i was barely wanting to watch it <laughs> you know gotcha um let's see and then i rewatched elephant man uh, right on yeah i uh, don't need to say much about it everyone should see that movie it's beautiful <laughs> the acting is top notch and uh yeah Anthony Hopkins is whew, so good. He, he real good at acting, man. Yep. And then um, rewatched Tulane Blacktop. Uh, great yeah. little cool 70s car movie with James Taylor, Dennis uh, Wilson, and Warren Oates. And then... Wait, did you just name three musicians? Uh, yes. James Taylor is the driver. Uh, Dennis Wilson is the mechanic. And then Warren Oates is not uh, the Oates from Holland Oates. It's Warren Oates, the classic actor. <laughs> That's, I've not seen yeah, that. No. Oh, James Taylor is like striking to watch. So is Dennis Wilson, but like James Taylor being so like quiet and calm and just like, it's such a natural performance. I'm like, dude, this guy was a great actor hmm, like solid 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 oh curious yeah i'd be curious to see it um and this might be fun for you i uh hopped into minneapolis for a couple of movies and oh, wow. i yes i rewatched purple rain and i sang and shook my dick it was incredible <laughs> fucking dancing around like in my living room just like prince <laughs> Yeah, uh, that movie rules. Prince is the best. Yes, it's amazing. And then uh, I have been going through the Mary Tyler Moore show. Oh, I've not seen one single episode of it ever. (laughs) I was going to ask you, was it like a big show where you lived? Because it is Minneapolis. I mean, yeah. I I mean, it was generally, it was a big show, period. So like, but like was just living in the city where it takes place. Did like people talk about it more? I guess I would say not so much um, because when I was growing up, the show had probably been off of the air for at least 10 years, right? But yeah, the, I think it ended in like 78. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, it, it long since ended. and But like Rhoda, they like had all the spinoffs. They had Rhoda and Phyllis and I, I've never watched those, so I don't know if they take place in Minneapolis, but... 
that show was huge. It it caused two spinoffs. <laughs> well, that I mean, that was at a time where just like every show was a spinoff, though. Isn't like, isn't three? Oh, Mary Tyler Moore show is a spinoff. She was on Dick Van Dyke's show, not like a different character, but like still, kind of. She got that show because of the Dick Van Dyke show. Right on. Uh, the, so, so to be brief, it wasn't like hugely important to my culture growing up, but there was totally a statue of her downtown, like in the place where she's throwing her hat up in the air. That's Memorial yeah, yeah. on the streets of Minneapolis. Oh, that's pretty funny. That's my favorite part of the opening. Uh, cause that's the final shot where it says created by James L. Brooks and she throws her hat and it freezes. And if you look just like to the back corner, there's an old woman just like staring like this like what is this woman doing <laughs> it's my favorite show. i love seeing that image every time <laughs> yeah that's fantastic uh yeah i was gonna even see if you had like been by the house that they used as the exterior but okay so i will tell a brief story about that which is yes wood parkway yep so i've been by that house a whole bunch because Minneapolis is a super cool city for a number of reasons, but one of the coolest things that it's done is an interconnected series of parkways that it goes through the whole city. And so you can get on this a parkway and it's like a pedestrian and bike lane and slow moving traffic, you know, like the speed limit's like probably, you know, 20 miles an hour or something like that. And it goes by the river, it goes by the lakes, it goes by the other lakes, it goes by the other creek. You know, it's just as like full of water features because that's what's going on in the city. And so you can hop on on one part and just drive for, I mean, hours around the whole thing. If you wanted to do like the whole loop and take every nook and cranny, it would take you legitimately hours to do it. So being teenagers in a prohibition state we would just smoke weed in our friends cars and drive around endlessly on these things man and so that house was one of the landmarks on this journey that's awesome yeah <laughs> right on <laughs> yeah that's about it that's all i've been watching right on well i guess that means we have to talk about batman and robin now this fucking movie that's fucking oh my amazing. god so <sighs> you didn't enjoy it either huh? <laughs> no and like it's mind-numbingly bad there's points where i like i've seen the movie definitely many times before but like i i find myself watching it and then all of a sudden i like blacked out and fucking chris o'donnell and alicia silverstone are at the fucking bike race or whatever's going on yeah, yeah. and i'm like wait 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 wait! did i miss that whole scene of him following her through the house and stealing motorcycle and then following after her i missed all of that and so i rewound it i'm like dude i truly blacked out <laughs> i yeah to serve that point i have very few notes and one of the last things I wrote is just Coolio question. Coolio. <laughs> That's where I came back. I was like, Coolio. <laughs> I have nothing after that. Cause I was just like, I don't what? Everything's a Dutch angle. Ugh. I have a take 
which is that this is the actual sequel of it's the fourth movie but it's the first one that doesn't have anything going for it there's no thematic resonance there's no interest in the characters even the sort of like kitschy fun campy nature is just hard. No, don't, don't even call it that it's not that it's, it's not kitschy not. fun campy nature it's like really terribly written dialogue with no thought put into any line uh there's a trivia thing right here that says in later interviews, director Joel Schumacher blamed studio pressure to make the film more toyetic, showcasing more marketable toys and games. In a making of on the documentary, <laughs> in the making of documentary on the DVD, he apologized and disappoint to disappoint fans. Uh, thanks for your apology, sir. Yeah. And he turned the film in two weeks early, like not even like take a, take a week, go go shoot something and make it a little better. Um, oh boy. Uh, I also really hate this movie because of the way Alicia Silverstone is treated. Uh, most of her scenes as Batgirl were completely cut uh, because Silverstone had gained a few pounds during the production and the wardrobe team had to refit her costume. When, uh, apparently when the press discovered this news, they slammed Alicia Silverstone's weight gain and mocked the actress for being too fat, uh, too fat to fit into her costume. Uh, Schumacher publicly defended Silverstone during interviews and press meetings, joking, what is this girl's big sin, that she ate some pizza? When... <laughs> I can't believe he said that too. <laughs> when the taunting continued, Schumacher lashed out at the reporters that taunted her. He said in magazine interviews, it was horrible. I thought it was very cruel. She was a teenager who gained a few pounds. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. And then it just goes on um, a little more. But still, I hate that. Since it, it came up, um, and I'll say up front, like the the press was horrible to her as the press has often been horrible to so many women. I was uh, on filmography a couple of weeks ago defending Kirstie Alley because of the way that the press treated her, like anytime she, whatever. And so the only reason I think there's a conversation here is because of the like intricate and plastic nature of these costumes. Mm-hmm. So, and wardrobe fittings, refittings are a pain in the ass. And especially if you're doing superhero stuff, they're incredibly tight costumes. And I've worked on shit that was not superhero stuff where wardrobe department, where the wardrobe department was freaking out because they had to refit complicated costumes. Mm -hmm. And so it is a situation where like, and this shit is made out of like rubber and plastic i it's not just like sewing a few flaps of fabric together to get her in and out of a superhero costume so the press doesn't deserve any fucking credit but i watching it this time that was the first time i was like oh right that was the the story here was that she gained too much weight and that's why she was bad at this and then i i just had to wonder how much of that was a really complicated costume, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, uh, who knows? I bet there's so much more that we don't even know as the public that went on behind this movie too.
Yeah, of course there must have been. Um, I assume it was lots of money and not enough cocaine, do you think? <laughs> no, I'm sure they had plenty. Here's a question. Um, George Clooney is one of America's finest brooders. He can just sulk with the best of them, you know? What is he doing here? I think just making a paycheck. Like, um, the, the only person in this movie that I thought was having fun was Uma Thurman. Uma Thurman is having a blast. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 no. She, that's what I'm saying. I, she's the only one that truly feels like she's having a blast. And those are the only scenes that like I like lock into are her scenes. And yeah, it's still got some really bad writing for her, but I don't know. I like her costume. I like the look of it. Uh, it's, it's definitely comic booky, but like, I don't know. The Uma Thurman and Poison Ivy are the best part of this movie. Easily. Like, yeah. by, by so far. Yeah. Yeah. She's really I even like the, her, her boss, uh, the crazy-haired scientist guy. Would have liked to have seen more of him. Yeah. Instead, uh, I, I'm blanking on his a name. version of Bane. <laughs> like a, uh. a luchador uh, slash uh, driver. He's like a limo driver, I guess, is his main job. I guess. Hit, hit his fucking chest and I'll... Uh, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is boring in this movie. Uh, apparently there's a photo of him in Max Shrek's office in Batman Returns. <laughs> and I, that's a trivia. And I'm like, why is Arnold Schwarzenegger in a photo in Max Shrek's office? I wonder if he was, you know, maybe going to be involved at one point if his name was, because it was Arnold in the 90s, so he was in conversation for every role. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, maybe he was going to be Batman at one point or some stuff like that. <laughs> Um, what else to say about this? Well, I got one thing to say, which is when this, I got a lot of things to say about how terrible this movie is. Not that many things to say about how terrible this movie is, but when it does, I complain that it's got nothing going for it. And when it does try and have some, some plot, some stakes, it's about Alfred dying. And it's, <laughs> yeah, they get it in the opening scene too, where he's just like, oh. I'm like, oh, Alfred, I forgot you died. You're dying in this one. <laughs> but Batman treats him like it's not a problem at all, even though the man is clearly dying and they're acknowledging how he's making mistakes that he's never made before, but whatever. And then it's revealed that Batman actually does know, which, so he's like trying to put on a brave face or whatever, but like, let the man rest. Uh, anyways, it's terrible. And um, something that I do like, Chris O'Donnell spends a lot of time in water or like covered in slime. He's generally gooey or slippery in this movie. Like for most of the runtime, he's pretty soggy. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, yeah, there's definitely scenes where he's submerged in like some liquid. <laughs> he's soggy. It happens like four, like legitimately there's 
three times where he is fully submerged or like covered like in goop. goop. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I think there's <laughs> at least a half a dozen if we're being generous. Okay. Okay. Um, so Arnold. He's got to be covered in sweat the whole time because he's trying to make this material work. I mean, go um ugh. uh so schwarzenegger has i believe 27 ice puns and that seems very low <laughs> i thought it was in the hundreds I but uh, it was every single line of his dialogue like yes it see that's the ugh, this movie fails so hard because mm-hmm. that would be an achievement for a little while you are, I'm watching him like, oh man, is it going to be every single thing he says? Because that would be, just if you can keep that going for 90 minutes, and for some reason this movie's two hours long, oh. but if you can keep that going for two hours, that's awesome. No, we're going to give up on that kind of pretty immediately, but then we'll, we'll pepper in way too many of them anyway. So uh, if he has 27 ice puns, it's said that Schwarzenegger made $25 million to be in this movie. That's almost a million dollars per ice pun. Mm. (laughs) How many dollars per minute of suit time, you know? Yeah, he apparently hated the suit. He, He said it was like suffocating on him. I, oh, I can see that, dude. I'm yeah. not... Uh... The, like, he's a big dude, so that suit looks like it's an, a, a double extension of him. Like, it makes his mass two times bigger. And to walk around with that for 14 <laughs> hours a day, what the fuck? He, he must have been, like... Yeah, uh, even... Like, for... level of intimidation. Can you imagine seeing that dude in real life, though, walking around in that shit? It would be intimidating it would be insanely intimidating and like i don't think it might have been the last one where like uh kilmer had to like literally hold his bladder all day and or it could be this one i think it's this one and clooney said like i would go from early morning getting into my suit to the far end of the day without going to the bathroom and I think when Christian Bale was like making Batman Begins, he went to like Clooney and talk, like talked to other actors that had done it. And he, I think Clooney said, make sure you can go to the bathroom. Like make yeah. sure your outfit allows you to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Seems like we could just get a little snap on snap off action. I had, like how hard does that sound? Just fucking make that area just come off real quick. I, I mean, I was just find the the impossibility of working with these rubber forms. Oh, it just sounds awful, dude. Brutal. Yeah, Something I think it's, I think this one they corrected the shoulder thing. Like uh, all the Batman's before had to like turn their whole body to look, so they'd be like. Oh, interesting. I remember thinking Val Kilmer was like pretty flexible. And he, they might have loosened it up on that, but I think this one, it's a fully extendable neck so that, that it doesn't connect to the shoulder parts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Someone has a cut of that on YouTube. They did it every time. Mike, it's called like Michael Keaton Batman turning. Right. And a cut of all of him turning really awkwardly. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Delightful. Um, so 97, um, Alicia Silverstone also had a Made in the 90s movie on there, Excess Baggage. Uh, came out the same year, I think. Wait, was it the same year? Uh, but that movie was plagued with, um, yeah, 97, uh, was plagued with reshoots and did not do well at the box office. And I, th- I think Batman and Robin was kind of a, hmm. supposed to be like a comeback for Alicia. Yeah. And it didn't really happen. And then she had Blast from the Past in 99, which I think is a beautiful, hilarious, funny movie. Uh, but after that, she really, truly did not get to work again. Oh, I mean, she did, but it wasn't anything big. I yeah, I don't know if it wasn't she didn't get to her, she didn't want to. I don't blame her, man, because the the she was treated terribly, really brutal, not not fun, and I, I just I don't blame anybody for, especially if you made a handful of very big movies. Buddy, just bounce out. Take your money and do whatever the fuck you want. I don't blame anybody for not wanting to be a movie star. I do question people who are movie stars and want that. I'm very suspicious of them. Yeah. Um, I'm actually looking at her filmography, and she's definitely done more movies after, but it seems like, fuck it, I'm just going to do this movie because I want to have fun. Like she did Scooby-Doo 2, which is written by James Gunn. Like, hey, yeah. come on. I like, uh, I, like the, I like both of them. The second one's not that great, but I really like the first one. I like the second one uh, for its, you know, just over-the-top dumbness. Yeah. It's it's Seth Green all the way. <laughs> and actually, speaking of that, it, <laughs> it's Scooby... <laughs> Sorry, Scooby Doo Two Monsters Unleashed. Is that yes, it? correct. One of my favorite things, which is like unnecessary X Games stunts. Totally, yeah. The first one has it too, but the second one has it a lot. And the second one has it combines it with my other favorite thing, which is like obvious man being a stunt person for yeah. a woman, like a very petite, small character. <laughs> And so it's full of just like Sarah Michelle Gellar jumping in the air, cut to hulking behemoth sliding down a guardrail. <laughs> cut that, to- that is how you do slapsticky, campy fun. Scooby-Doo movies. Totally. <laughs> and Not movie Batman and Robin. Feels that shit. Yeah, because there is unnecessary X Games in this movie. Yeah, ice skates, dude. He fucking slides down the neck of a dinosaur. Like, that's the intro is, oh, my God. And they just, oh, I can't even, just, uh, okay, what are the rules of the auction, Dylan? Here's how they fail to have fun the right way. If they had, like, all of the cartoonish guys out cartoonishly outbidding each other for the thing that they all needed, then we would be going somewhere in this movie. But the auction, they're just like, Oh, $10,000 for the red one. No, no, $20,000 for the blue one. They're outbidding each other for different items. There's not, it's not how auctions work. It's not how comedy works. It's not how entertainment works. This Mm -hmm. fucking movie is a drag, man. It is. Where did Schumacher go after this? (laughs) 
Let's see what he made after this. Here, I'm going to say some good things now while you're okay. looking up Schumacher, and we'll talk about it. Um, Harkening back to Poison Ivy, she calls the cop a fascist bulldog, and I am here for it. <laughs> yeah, dude. But yeah, I like that line. That was a good line. Yeah. Um, she says, forget the stars, look at the earth. And uh, I think it speaks to something. I'm, I'll rant and rave a little bit because I've been thinking about this lately, buddy. I got my thinking cap on. And okay. uh, there's a whole ass problem in Western society where we believe that we can invent our way out of any problem. And that absolves us of a lot of responsibility for the mess that we have created with our previous inventions, you know? And the summation is like this idea that you have to break a few eggs to make an omelet, but nobody's talking about cleaning up the eggshells. And we would maybe get a lot further and certainly be in this a little more together if we were looking around at cleaning up the messes that were here together instead of uh, figuring out what we're going to do next. Oh, dude, this movie is littered with eggshells it's like they just stepped on what they just broke and then broke another one and just kept going on stepping on every eggshell that they just broke previously it's it's awful it's pretty <laughs> rough man I, yeah and i'm looking at schumacher's filmography he has a lot of great movies yeah like terrific stuff um let's start from his first big one saint elmo's fire that's a classic 80s film well, let's and then, talk about the Rat Pack, shall we? Thanks, Joel Schumacher. Thanks, Schumacher. That. Uh, Lost Boys, another classic <laughs> 80s movie. Um, Flatliners, which is not that great of a movie, but it's like a cheesy, fun 90s yeah, movie. I got a soft spot for Flatliners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I do. It's a nostalgic thing. Uh-huh. What'd you say? Lil' Kiefer in your life? Lil' Kiefer. And Kevin Bacon and Julia Roberts and... That cast is uh, Oliver Platt. It's a stacked cast. I love Oliver Platt. Same. Uh, and then after Flatliners, his next big one is Falling Down. That's that's one of the best movies ever made. Yeah, uh, then The Client. I Great love movie. The Client, dude. I really yeah. like that one. Uh, I, and I'll, I'll rant about The Client for a second. Um, maybe not quite a year ago. <clears throat> pardon me. The wife and I were uh, trying to pick out a movie and a bunch of the Grisham stuff was available. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, we should watch these. And she got into them. And she's into sort of procedural, sort of semi-prestige stuff. And she was like, oh, yeah, I like that. I would watch that again. You know, I was like, oh, don't worry. We got mm -hmm. 20 movies. So then we watched a bunch of Ashley Judd movies. And yeah. Like, uh... Which ones? Like Kiss like the Girl? Double Jeopardy and the Long I love Double Jeopardy. And... Sarah hates Double Jeopardy. She watched it not too long ago and she was like, this movie's fucking dumb. I, like, it's ridiculous. So it's so dumb, but it's so good. <laughs> I like it, man. I mean... I like Tommy Lee Jones. Like, he's not... He's just a fucking parole officer. <laughs> and he's, he's like chasing this fucking woman 
that's not his job, right? No, but it's like a genre. It was a genre. As Tommy Lee Jones is on the hunt after the yeah. freedom, America couldn't get enough. We had U.S. Marshals. We had Double Jeopardy. I think he did another one in there too. Oh man. Um, okay, so after the client, he does Batman Forever, and in between Forever and Robin, he did A Time to Kill, which that's a great movie too. That's a great procedural. Way better movie than Batman and Robin. Yeah, and it came out the year before Robin. And then he 100% redeems himself with the next three movies. Uh, Eight Millimeter. Great, great, dark movie. Yeah, it's a real dark Its movie. ending is so haunting. Yeah. Uh, I love that movie. Uh, and then Flawless, Philip Seymour Hoffman and uh, Robert De Niro. I don't know this movie. You've never seen Flawless? No. Oh my God. Uh, De Niro is um, a New York firefighter. He could be a cop, but I'm pretty sure he's a firefighter who one night hears like a scuffle in his building. And Philip Seymour Hoffman is a uh, uh, drag queen. Not a, she's full uh, trans, but not transitioned. Okay. Uh, and uh, one night after the scuffle, he suffers a stroke and it paralyzes half of his face. And Philip Seymour Hoffman is a vocal coach. And so it's about their butting heads, but becoming best friends to teach him how to speak again, but through song. It's so good. I love that movie. And not really through song, but like, you yeah. know, doing vocal warmups to get his mouth moving. It's crazy that that movie didn't win all of the Oscars. Oh man, I really like that movie. Hi, yeah, that's a nine, that's ninety nine. We could do that one on the podcast. All right, let's give it a go. What yeah. else we got? What's what's the show? Uh, and then after that, he did Tigerland, which is Colin Farrell's first movie. Yeah, sure, good one. And then he did Veronica Guerin after that, and then uh, Phantom of the Opera, which I liked as a kid, and then I rewatched it, and it's way too much. It's not that good to me amy rossin's really good and so is gerard butler okay. but the the musical itself is not my thing yeah, yeah i'm right. not a big musical fan i haven't seen that one um and no. then after that he did the number 23 which <laughs> okay. I, I like that one as well that's a good okay. cheesy little not even uh, fuck it it's got cheesy moments but i don't think the movie overall is cheesy okay um and then after that there's nothing Huh? I haven't watched it, but it's on the top of my pile because I, you know, well, I'm, it's, seems like the perfect movie to put on while I'm doing other stuff, maybe. I mean, its ending is nothing spectacular. You can probably guess it from 30 minutes into the movie. Just let your mind figure it out. It, it's a super easy ending to figure out. But I think Jim Carrey is solid. I think he's really good. And so is Virginia Madsen in it. I think yeah. they're both excellent. Yeah, I'm excited to watch it. Uh, yeah, and that's really all the last two things he did before he passed away. Really, that, that was even a while. Because he just passed away this year. So rest yeah. in peace, Schumacher. Um, he, the last two things he directed were two episodes of House of Cards back in 2013. So that was a while ago. He must have been kind of ill and not being able to work. Sure. I also wonder if he was like, you know what? I made Lost Boys. Fuck this bullshit. <laughs> oh man, I love Lost Boys. So made much. out of money. Yeah. 
man, that's crazy. He died just fucking yeah, six but, months ago. Yeah. Man, he's made so many good movies. I love you, Schumacher, but I don't like Batman and Robin. That's yeah. his worst movie, right? It's gotta be. I mean, I haven't, there's a few in there that I haven't seen, but this is, you know, sort of, it's bad. It's bad in like every way. It's not bad enough to be fun or it is, but it's not fun. There's, I think, uh, there, I will throw one more piece of love to it. There are pieces of the score that I like. Elliot Goldenthal's score. It, there's uh, especially like the main theme. I do like that Batman theme that he used in the third one and in this one. It's it's definitely an iconic piece of music now that I think about it. But um, yeah, no, not good for the movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not a good movie. I also think Akiva Goldsman deserves some credit for sucking. Um, because the <laughs> for sucking, that's it. <laughs> it, was, it sucks. Hey, man. Oh, man. Akiva wrote the client. Well, that's a way better movie. It is. Let's see. He also wrote Practical Magic, which I love. Uh, he wrote A Time to Kill. He wrote A Beautiful Mind. Lot. He won an Oscar for A Beautiful Mind. Akiva. Yes, he did. Lost in Space, also. Which yeah, that was. Uh, that was 98. Um, iRobot, Cinderella Man, Da Vinci Code, I Am Legend, Angels and Demons, Winter's Tale. Oh, my God. Oh, he that was his first directorial debut. That movie was a mess. <laughs> about Da Vinci Code and Inferno and all that, like, you know, kind of fuck those movies on their face. But I will watch a dumb adventure, find the key to unlock the statue that points to the whatever i'll watch those movies all day long so yeah, da vinci code is the only one of those movies that is entertaining angels and demons was boring and i did not see inferno i would argue inferno is if if you like these kind of movies it's entertaining because the last not because for me the uh, third act and the last set piece is like, oh, okay. And then he's got to get to the, all right. It's not worth watching a whole movie's worth to get to it. And honestly, yeah. it's not even worth pulling it up on YouTube. It just, I got a, a Jones for those things. So mm -hmm. for me, it's I just- I remember when the book came out for Da Vinci Code, um, of my mom bought it and she was like, you should read this. It's really entertaining. And I read it and I was like, oh yeah, this is definitely an entertaining read. And the movie comes out and there's fucking religious people protesting at the movie theater. Uh, like a big group of them, I'm like, what, what? I don't remember anything like crazy. Like, why would they be protesting this? It's a movie. And then I came out of the movie. Lives, Dylan, that's blasphemy. Yeah. yeah, she's the fucking last scion dude she's the last descendant uh but uh all right clearly we want to talk about anything more than we want to talk about batman oh, batman and robin yeah seriously we are done here uh yeah. it's been fun watching batman movies can't wait to watch anything else besides batman and robin yes this sir fucking movie. this fucking movie.